Ladies and gentlemen, now it's too late with Alan Mosley. <laughs> Guys, welcome back for another episode of It's Too Late. I am your host, Alan Mosley, joined as always, well, not always, occasionally, by the number three producer in Late Night. It's Sherry Voluntary. Sherry, how are you doing? And not only That's Sherry wonderful. Voluntary, but also the resident lawyer of It's Too Late. It's Suzanne Sherman of the Wasatch Report. Yay. What the hell hello is there, going hello on? Hello there. This is too much. <laughs> Suzanne's not even talking. Suzanne's already just. I am talking. Oh, there we go. Okay. <laughs> can you hear me? <laughs> I can. I can hear you now. I, well, you just you were you just look stunned. Like, oh shit, the camera's on. Now what do we do? Well, that's that's always me. Yeah. <laughs> she is new to this, you know. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, the reason why we're doing the show tonight, um, as opposed to uh, doing it live down at the studio in Columbia, is because I, I was I was thinking to myself, you know, no matter no matter what we do, um, like anything we report at midday, like very likely won't be relevant in um, come nine o'clock Eastern time when we stream the show. And so me and Blake actually had a conversation this morning. Blake's not fired. So don't get the drinking game out. Blake isn't fired. Um, But we, we had the conversation of, well, you know, what should we do? Should I, should I come down to the studio? Should we do an episode and there be a chance that by the time, you know, I get back to Nashville, the episode's no longer really relevant because one state or another has been called or, or something to that effect. And, um, I mean, basically we decided on Blake's going to take a week off. So Blake is, Blake is no longer with us. So let's get some F's in chat for Blake. Uh, but he'll be, but but (laughs) I just heard somebody go, oh, that was me. (laughs) But, but Blake will be back next week. But in the meantime, we're going to try to soldier on. And I think this is probably... The first time we have ever done this show where the women have outnumbered the men on the program. And you can, I I'm, I mean, to be honest, I think you're the only two women that have been on the program. No, Trisha Stewart. There's been three women on the program and two of the three are on the program right now. Um, But you're all white. That's, I'm, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, you know, I'm just going to ask both of you this really quick before we go to our first commercial break and do our, our normal rigmarole. Do you have any any opening remarks to add to the conversation that have nothing to do with the election? Sherry, you start. <laughs> Thanks a lot. I want to know how I did, Unky Allen, on the introduction. You want to know how you did on the, you know, you did a really good job on the introduction as a matter of fact. Yay! Last time I'm I kind impressed. of it. Yeah. 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 No, I thought, I thought you did a good <laughs> job. Um, I was waiting to redeem myself. Well, so, I mean, with something like that, the, the conversation always is, should I try to emulate Blake exactly or should I make it my own? I feel like you made it your own. Thank you. I, I tried. Yeah. You I will really tried. Yeah. <laughs> And okay, that was my my contribution. Suzanne, Sorry. what is your contribution that has absolutely nothing to do with the election? Well, as you uh, anybody that follows my show can notice that I have a different backdrop behind me. I am in 
Las Vegas. Behind me is Trump Tower. I am here for the world's largest karting race. Wow. And I'm drinking wine. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know if wine. you drinking wine means that we're going to like get deplatformed off of Twitch or something. Does anybody know if that's allowed? <laughs> because, you know, like that's a, like, you know, kids watch it and they play video games. I don't know if that gets us in trouble I mean, or not. It's grape juice. It's just grape juice. Yeah. We all know she likes to party, y'all. So, <laughs> come on. I'm going to take... She's in Vegas. I'm going to take a quick look into the live chat before we do our first commercial break. Because this isn't live. This is live tonight. So live. So, David Willimowski says first. That's... that's ex by the way, I just want to say really quick, Sherry, the reason why I said that you're the number three producer in Late Night and not the number two is that Blake's the number one, and I felt like if I right. said you were number two that David Willimowski would have been offended. Right. Well, I mean, you know, yeah. he is he is the, the second one. And and two, that commentary first is the, the kind of commentary that we've come to expect. Top top level commentary yes. from David Willemel. Um, So Andrew Avery says, howdy, friends and neighbors. Andrew, next segment. Wait, your turn. Um, <laughs> Corey asked, did you get banned from Facebook complex interactions? So yeah, I, Sherry, I told you we would mention that before we, before we went to the first break. Uh, Sherry, Sherry's profile got killed by the coronavirus, but in Christ-like yeah. fashion, it'll be back in 30 days. Yeah, so, I mean, I I know we don't I know I know we don't like have the images handy, but do you know for like for a certainty what it was specifically that got you thirty? Yes. What, so what was it? Well, I don't know what got me the thirty day ban. I think it was the Hunter Biden, but that was just the complex entities ban. So it was like it was more like a restriction. You know, you couldn't comment in pages, but I could comment on my profile. Mm -hmm. What got me the seven-day fully dead complete band gonna rise again was Lyle Durio <laughs> saying that, that that I wanted more police protections or something, and and I said I would hunt and kill him, and I'm dead. I'm dead now. Thanks a lot, Kyle. You got the popo out. Well, me. it was a joke, people. We, Come on. Funny you mentioned that. In the live chat, we have one Lyle Durio who says, quote, it was terroristic <laughs> threats against Lyle Durio. <laughs> and yes, that's right. Um, and now I really do have to hunt and kill him. So, so and, 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 and finally, since we brought up that conversation, Suzanne, what what was the specific post that got your original account? Do you remember? Um, I do. It was, it was. Um, my friend Brian Balcom made me a meme at my at my request. It, it was an ISIS flag with a thin blue line on it. <laughs> I think Facebook assumed it was an insult to ISIS, <laughs> to the Muslims. Yeah. I just want to say you've never been more sexy to me than right now, Suzanne. <laughs> well, cheers, cheers, girl. <laughs> So, Pleasure. folks, I just want you to realize <laughs> that both of the ladies right there that I just asked what got their accounts banned, both of them started their explanations with a man did it. Mm-hmm. I, I can't help. I spit the truth, Alan. <laughs> Guys, we, we will be right that. back after this break. We're Don't so go away.
Hey, uh, hey, Sherry. Yes, Alan. What time is it? It's time for meme of the week. This comes to us, by the way, from Derek Truesdale. When you snuck into Gilmore Girls, Hacker Man. I know you don't like the meme, Sherry. I love this meme. By the way, I just want to mention, I did get permission from Derek that what this proves is that Derek's been watching Gilmore Girls. So he has been. That's something for you and Derek to discuss on your next episode. We we discussed it a little on the last one, but yes, we'll be discussing it this weekend probably because I I called him up one day to get started, and I hear, but but my period was last week, you know, and oh darling, you'll I, it was Gilmore Girls. I'm like, what what are you listening to? What is this? I, I just. As someone, okay, so look, it's not that I'm a fan of Gilmore Girls. It's that Anna Kay loves Gilmore Girls. So I have seen, I've seen a fair amount of episodes. And I got to tell you, I have never seen an episode where the dialogue was, and I quote, but it's my period and oh darling. I have never once heard that on that program. Okay. It sounded like some cheesy Summer's Eve commercial or something or, you know, feminine products. I I just I'm not into that kind of show, man. <laughs> Speaking of not being into this kind of show, do you guys want to help me answer the viewer mail? Yes. Yes. I, I I do want to say, by the way, before I hit the button, you guys don't get to answer viewer mail that you yourself sent in. Oh. Oh. Oh well, mine's a serious question, so. Daniel Snowden writes. So what Alan's saying is, it's the girls' fault. Well, yeah. Right? It's always a woman. Yeah. Boy, that was exciting, wasn't it? It, it? it really is. So, so Sherry, since you had to send me your viewer mail independently of everyone else's viewer mail because you can't interact right. with complex entities... What was your viewer mail for this week? Mine was, since the eye of Sauron has been turned on me, what shall I do with my time away from the Book of Faces? What should Sherry do with her free time since she is not going to be able to interact on Facebook? I can't yell about cops on Facebook. Because <laughs> that's, that's, that's a lot of time. That's a lot of time. It's a lot of time. I feel like this is more, this is less a viewer mail to us, and this is a question we should be asking the viewers. What do you guys think Sherry should do with all of her free time now that she's been banned from Facebook? Celeste Anna says, watch Gilmore Girls. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not happy with the, with the direction that this program has taken in, in regards to Gilmore Girls. Um, Suzanne, what do you think Sherry should do? Uh, I'm going to say what I do when I get my bands is I do a lot more reading. I I have a ton of books that I want to get to. I s- try to spend more time outdoors working out and even getting to housework. <laughs> Pretty boring. Sherry, no. Sherry, this bitch says we should work out. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Working out. I'm what just they do saying... out there on the ranch? <laughs> <laughs> 
working out is for horses, Suzanne. We'll drag some elk <laughs> through the snow. All right, all right. Tasty. All right, I'm going to hit you guys with some questions. Mike Meharry, who couldn't be with us this evening, says, R.I.P. Dear Alan and Sherry and Suzanne, bacon or sausage? Oh... I'm going to let you go first, Suzanne, because this is a real conundrum for me. <laughs> I'm going with bacon. Crispy or not? Not. So <gasps> you I think this is the end of Suzanne's relationship with us. I don't I don't respect yeah. people who don't eat crispy Canceled. bacon. Yeah. Well, it depends on the recipe. It depends on the recipe. So if I make a pasta dish, I make a linguine with clam sauce and I have some cooked bacon in there, it's very crispy. But most of the time if I'm just if I'm just mainlining it and having it straight up, I I don't want it crispy. No. Mainlining it. <laughs> so, I'm sorry that was wrong. The correct answer was crispy bacon. But Sherry, what do you say? Crispy always crispy oh. um you know i have a hard time with it because i love bacon yeah and i don't mainline mine i freebase it but uh <laughs> i i on certain things i want sausage like yeah like sausage gravy and biscuits i mm. want good you know um there's a there's a sandwich at the waffle house that comes with bacon that i get a sausage on but most of the time i think bacon but sausage is right up there Two of my faves. Yep. Sherry, your boy Daniel says floppy bacon rules. You're going to have to have a talk with him. That's Love you, Daniel. Floppy about right. Daniel. <laughs> Jonathan Carranza writes, I like the super thick bacon that has a bit of crisp on the outside and is still soft on the inside. He likes his bacon like he likes his women. <laughs> thick and crispy. <laughs> with a creamy inside. Oh, oh that's not a terrible Well... <laughs> Moving on, Daniel Blanchett writes, Dear Alan and Sherry and Suzanne, since I know you don't vote, why didn't you vote for Trump knowing that Killamala will end the universe? Sherry, why did you not vote for Tro Trump knowing that Kamala Harris is going to end the universe? Because regardless, I don't vote for tyrants of any kind. So that's against my principles. I have principles. <laughs> okay. Suzanne, how about you? The non-participants for the English speakers in my state are getting attacked for the same thing. And what we say is in Utah, it is deep, deep red. It matters not for whom we vote. So what you're saying is then is saying. that you live in a state where your vote didn't matter, but, but then you didn't turn around and give your vote to Joe Jorgensen. I did not. Mm. <laughs> that sounds like something mm. we'll discuss in the next segment. Moving on. Well, you know, I guess I technically this is my viewer mail. I suppose I should an also answer the questions. Yeah, you should answer. No, that. I'm not going to. Jonathan Carranza <laughs> writes, Dear Alan and Blake, I, I'm, I, I don't vote because I don't vote. If, if Killamala is going to end the universe, then you know what? I, exactly. I think if she has the ability to do that, she'll figure out a way to do it whether she wins or not. Yeah. I mean, we think it's about time, actually. Jonathan Carranza <laughs> writes, uh, Dear Alan and Sherry and Suzanne. What is your election night riot soundtrack? What do you riot to, Sherry? Oh, I pull out some Rage Against the Machine for sure. And I don't know, there's a, there's a lot of various and sundry type of things that I listen to. But what I did last night was watch a documentary, so. 
<laughs> okay. Suzanne, do you I'm have right a, have a non-old right. white boomer answer? No. <laughs> I'm going right to my boomer category jam, ACDC and Iron Maiden. <laughs> this turned nope. into the boomer report with Jeff Johnson, even though we expressly didn't invite him onto the program. I mean... I'm he just Johnson, apparently. He needed an honorable mention, by the way, of top producers out there. We need to acknowledge. Yeah, but members. I say the producer in Late Night. Jeff is not the producer of Late Night. He's he's the producer of, I mean, y'all do it before noons. So I'm going to say early morning. Okay. They do it before noon. Yes, we God, do. I can't even <laughs> mute yourself, Sherry. We got to move on. You need me. David Willimowski writes, uh, Dear Alan and Sherry and Suzanne, let me get back to you. Um, David, we're doing the show. So. <laughs> what? I missed so it. So I'll, I'll, I'll watch for the uh, the comments, but we're, we're kind of in the middle of things here. Uh, Mary Lynn Willimowski, who's, who's the less useless of the Willimowskis, writes, Dear Alan and Sherry and Suzanne, when eating pork, do you prefer it cooked medium rare or well done? What? Suzanne, pork. Uh, medium rare or well done? Uh, I don't cook it like that. I do like a braised pork and pull it apart. And so I don't really know if that considers that's considered well well done. So I kind of make Mexican dishes with it. So slow cooked. So I don't know how you want to call that. Racist. I know. Dairy? I know. It's, called, no, it's cultural appropriation. I just want to say cook your pork. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Cook your pork, girl. Wow. No, I like no my bacon nothing. sushi. Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> going to get some disease. Those worms that eat your insides. <laughs> um, so my official answer is, is if there's not a chance that I could die of food poisoning, then it's overcooked. Oh. Um, oh, Mary says Celeste Annis eats it medium rare. I, I think Celeste probably knows what's up. <sighs> so... Daniel says what? Sherry eats nothing rare. You're going to have to get a hold of this guy, by the way. Uh, we're moving on. Get... <laughs> Suzanne Sherman writes, Dear Alan and Blake, who puts the holes in Swiss cheese? So, so Suzanne, <laughs> since you can't answer your own question, Sherry, where do the holes uh -huh. in Swiss cheese come from? Haven't you ever seen the pictures of the little mouse sticking out of the Swiss cheese? Clay sent me that in response to my question. Yeah, so now Clay, I know. It's the little mouse. Yes, thank you, Clay. I'm glad you said little mouse and not little men. I mean, it could be little cheese men with little cheese shoes. Celeste Annis writes, <laughs> Dear Alan and Sherry and Suzanne. Moving on. Would you prefer to visit an aquarium, a zoo, or a planetarium? Hmm. You go I first. Love, I love planetariums. I will probably be asleep within five minutes, just like when I go to a movie theater. You sit me down in a dark place, and I just get to look at like, yeah, I'm done. I'm done. But I love, I love planetariums. Mm -hmm. well, she says to all the boys too. Yeah. <laughs> I'll fall asleep. <laughs> I think, yeah. Uh, I I like a zoo, but I. I really enjoy an aquarium, especially if they have like the soft music playing in the back. And it's like, oh, I love that too. Yes, you go in the shark tunnel, and I mean, I, I think I think generally an aquarium because it's cool too in the indoors. 
This is the moment in the show that everybody realizes my guests are stoned out their goddamn minds. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> yeah, I, wait for it. I, I, I just part. I just want to take a quick segue to point out that there's 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 entire trains of conversation going on in the live chat that have nothing to do with anything. <laughs> Um, oh yeah, they're hanging out. So Daniel Snowden says us. the the holes in cheese are caused by gnomes. Dan Roberts says cops shoot holes in the cheese, and Jonathan <laughs> says but the cheese isn't black. Um, <laughs> I love you, people. You're my new favorite people. <laughs> Just, this is this is the type of people that follow this program. Clay Davis, <laughs> Clay Davis writes, Clay. dear Alan and Sherry and Suzanne, supposedly or supposedly. Duh. Supposedly. Supposedly. Um, so Clay, I'm actually gonna learn you something. So the two ladies here are wrong, as women oft are. Particularly bad for, for Suzanne, because I thought she had an education. But I mean so these are actually both words. So supposedly is one supposed something. I sup I you know, supposedly something happened. So supposedly right. Suzanne is not high. Supposedly, because it's ably, means something that could be supposed. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. So, use it in a sentence, Uncle Alan. Yeah, use it in a so, sentence. So here, I'll actually, I'm actually gonna, I'm actually gonna pull up the the reference uh, <laughs> that I used when I when I looked this up because I uh, wanted to be, I wanted to be right. I'm I'm betting Clay had no idea about any of this. No, Clay, dude, Clay knows everything. Don't don't sleep on my boy Clay. All right. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying I don't think he was he was asking the question. So supposedly text. is a real word and separate from supposedly. Supposably means as may be conceived or imagined, and is the adverb form of supposable, which means capable of being supposed or conceived. On the other hand, supposedly usually means allegedly. So does that, does that. Right. Read the sentence. Okay. So know. here's, here's, cause you know, diction, Merriam Webster guy. uses sentences from like the 1600s as opposed to just making up <laughs> one from today. <laughs> so I observe two grand defects in this reply. One, that it is not supposedly legal that all the tenets in the manner can be legal forms of judgment. So tis not supposedly legal. One could could not suppose that it is legal. Supposedly like would be words. Suzanne is supposedly not high. Right. Able to be supposed okay. is supposably. Okay. So there you are then. I know I know you're both I know you're both completely contented with that answer. Andrew Avery says right. that clears it up. Thank you, Andrew. Finally. <laughs> Finally some class. I just class. heard a bunch of words. That was it. Just word, 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 word. Andrew's only here, blah, by blah, the blah. way, because he knows his pun is incoming. And after that, everyone leaves the show. Like, you guys know that, right? <laughs> yeah, we're waiting for that. All right. Pun of the week. Sure enough, who's next? Andrew Avery writes, Dear Alan and Suzanne and Sherry, Is it time-consuming to swallow a wristwatch? Suzanne looks why do you let him get thrilled? Why do you let him get away with this? <laughs> I, I know week, it's it's week. the Breaking Bad meme. If he can't keep getting away with this, 
So I the look. This is this is the way I combat Andrew Avery. Is you have to actually answer the question. And the answer is is yes. That it is technically time consuming. I I, I supposedly it is. Is the watch a ravioli? <laughs> no, a watch is not a ravioli. <laughs> don't don't try to watch one-up is a donut. Me. But it's got stuff inside of it. <laughs> it's a cookie. Is it a melt? Jeff Johnson writes, <laughs> Dear Alan and Sherry and Suzanne, chocolate, vanilla, or shamrock shake? Ooh, shamrock shake. <laughs> shake it up. Chocolate. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sherry? Shamrock shake? Shamrock shake. One vote for shamrock shake, one vote for chocolate. I'm a good Irish girl. So, all right, I'm going to I'm going to make a uh going to make a uh, I'm I'm sorry, I'm distracted because people are yelling at each other now in chat. I have never had a shamrock shake. I don't even know what it tastes like. Is it mint? It's kind of minty. It's like it's not what you think. Like it's It's not what you, uh, think. you just have to have one. What does that even <laughs> I mean? I like mint. I it's could, mint-ish. Could... Like it's 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 good. It's different. My favorite flavors uh chocolate mint so if they put some chocolate chips in there i'd be down for that but if it's mint ish what's the ish part i, mm, I don't know we're halfway through the damn run through of this episode and we haven't even gotten to the next segments yet <laughs> this is big surprise there I know, right it's like blake is with us after all uh, <laughs> it took two of us to make one blake though and we haven't even gotten to goats and finally uh, Jonathan Carranza also wrote, uh, Dear Alan and Sherry and Suzanne, why? We'll tell you why right after we come back from the break. Don't go away. Your ad could be playing right now, reaching thousands of potential customers. Sadly, it's not, but it could be. Find out how to be an advertised sponsor for It's Too Late with Alan Mosley. Email us at alan at funnybroke.com. All right, we've come to that. We've come to that point in the show now where we have to actually talk about what's going on in the world. So uh, <laughs> I know, right? Oh, so I, I want to show everybody really quickly, assuming there hasn't been any massive announcements since we started streaming. That is the electoral map as I last left it, which as of earlier today, that's Wisconsin was called for Joe Biden. Uh, Donald Trump called for Joe or, or excuse me, Michigan called for Joe Biden. Uh, Nevada has not been called and has a slim Biden lead with, I think it was something like 84% of precincts reporting Arizona since relatively early last night was called for Biden, but there's rumors that Arizona might be actually back technically in the play category. Um, ironically enough, Arizona, uh, Alaska has not been called. Now one could say, well, Alaska is not super relevant to the electoral vote outcome, but it's just the fact that it hasn't been called, even though it's completely an un- it's ultimately an uncontested race. And that finally leaves you with Pennsylvania, North Carolina, and Georgia, which all currently feature Trump leads. But those leads are rapidly shrinking. So just hmm. just going from right there, I'm gonna I'm hmm. gonna bring uh, Sherry and Suzanne back. 
So Sherry, I'm going to start with you. Now you and I were talking late last night when the Vegas odds basically said elections over Trump's got it. I mean, something like a 70 point something percent chance that he's right. that he has won re-election. And about 2 a.m., there was some chatter of the 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 election officials might take a break and and have have themselves a little nap time because it's getting late, you guys. And we'll we'll check back tomorrow. And I, and I think we all probably went to bed about that point. We wake back up 3 a.m. and it has gone from Vegas saying Trump has got a 70.9% chance to be reelected to Biden has a 77.9% chance to have won the election. Um, the fuck? Yeah, the old rope dope, I'm telling you. <laughs> so I, I see some people uh, talking in the live chat. Uh, Daniel Snowden has pointed out that the Associated Press is now saying officially that Arizona is back in play. It is it is gone from being officially called to not being called. And and how do you officially call it? And then, well, when the guy that you want to win uh, is a little bit ahead, you call it. Now I've got a girlfriend in Arizona who sent us a message before we went live, who said that apparently there are four hundred thousand additional votes that need to be counted in Arizona. Wow, that's quite a bit. Yeah, yes. I- I just wonder how they can officially call it with that many votes out. Like, it can't be official. Like, if it's official, then it's done. Like, I don't know. That doesn't make sense to me. Derek Truesdale. it's government, so. Derek Truesdale in the chat says, Dems are more likely to mail it in, so it lags. Derek, we mail it in every single week, buddy. (laughs) Have you you not seen this show? Rock on. Yeah, right? So... Uh, Mary Lynn Willimowski is calling me out. She says, did you just say fuck with Suzanne on the stream? So, guys, everybody check out Suzanne Sherman's The Wasatch Report, which you can find. Uh, so, but in all Already seriousness. Under threat. It's been under threat of de- uh, being depublished at any I moment. So. I'm, I'm going to yeah. pull back up the electoral map, and I'm going to kind of give just a really quick rundown of sort of where we're at as of this moment, assuming this moment has not been already in the past uh, with the states that are currently called Joe, Joe Biden has 264 electoral votes. Now, by the way, that's basing Arizona's 11 electoral votes going to Joe Biden. So Which if it's back in play, it really by. should be 253. but we'll, we'll leave it as Biden for now. Um, Nevada has something around the area of a 7,500 vote lead with 84% of the precincts reporting for Joe Biden. That's a very small lead with still plenty of votes left to count. However, officials in Nevada have just point-blank said to the media, "Um, we don't really plan on releasing any more updates about our tallies uh, for another day or two. So I I just want to take a quick break right there to turn it back to Suzanne. Now, you and I were discussing this before the show about what is and isn't legal or constitutional versus maybe just what isn't prudent and efficient. So what were we discussing there? Well, what we were saying was, as we know, in Article 1, Section 4, the time, place, and manner of choosing the elections are um, the electorals, uh, the electors, the representatives in the Senate is to be made by the state legislator. And what we're seeing in these states, particularly uh, the one before the Supreme Court last week, was uh, Pennsylvania and North Carolina who's, um, I I think it was the election committees, not the legislatures, had changed the uh, voting laws in the state. So uh, they changed the time, I think, of, you know, how long it would be till the ballots could be 
uh, counted. Um, regardless, they changed it unconstitutionally. So the Supreme Court said we're not going to address that until the time comes, put those to the side. But what you and I were discussing, and I asked the question, look, we know what uh, Article 1, Section 4 calls for, but is there a deadline in which to count these votes? Because they could just drag it on. You know, it comes to mind because um, I'm old. I remember Al Franken in Minnesota. He lost the election. They were about to call it. Wait, 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 wait. We need to, uh, miraculously, like a trunk full of votes, just uh, of ballots appeared. And this is what was happening in my county, too, Summit County. They changed the law just Summit County, so this is not a state elector, uh, state um, legislature doing this, to no in-person voting. Everything's done by ballot now. So um, all these ballots, millions of ballots, if you think across this continental landmass, are there to be harvested when the time comes when they're actually needed. In Summit County, my son had actually voted against a gerrymandering proposition. Um, I did mine by absentee ballot. But he wanted to use the machine. About a month later, after the election was called, these guys came out to my house and said, hey, the machine malfunctioned. We are chasing votes. And mm. they wanted him to go and vote uh, what they hoped to be in favor of a gerrymandering initiative that would have resulted in something akin to what we ended up with in California. So, so what we what we had said was, is there a deadline that is mandated by the Constitution? I we don't have an answer for that because I don't think there is one. I think that was assumed at the time was the states would behave in a manner in accordance with fundamental fairness. Cough, cough. Well, there's so there's kind of two different aspects of that that are that are sort of differentiated. One being that okay, by the letter of the law, maybe we don't have a firm. Uh, agreed upon deadline for the counts. However, the polls close mm -hmm. though, right? So you're treading a thin line between when the counting happens and when it's due versus are you allowing people to continue to put in ballots and get votes counted after the polls close, which means they should no longer be valid from that point. Now that's a, and there was actually an announcement in the news that uh, the the U.S. Postal Service, of course, at this point, you know, guys, obviously, we're sort of anticipating some some battles in court. And and one of the interesting conversations was, is if there are, you know, if there are mobilizations on the ground for for either campaign, but let's be honest, we're talking about the Biden campaign here, that is going out and harvesting ballots, as you put it, which is an interesting way to put it. We'll get to that in a second. Then. If those ballots had not been officially delivered um, or post-dated by, by the time the polls closed, then should they be counted? Aren't those late, and therefore they shouldn't be admissible? You know, I was watching some of the CNN coverage last I'm night. Sorry. Because I like to see what... Uh, but this, because it gives you a lot of fodder to talk about on these shows. And I came up, uh, I, I realized there's a new um, talking point that they're using. You know how we have the social distancing and all these other, you know, propagandas that words that become just, you know, second nature. And the, the commentator kept saying, count all the votes, count all the votes, count all the votes. So now everybody's got placed in their minds, this little seed's been planted that all votes, regardless of the source, must be counted. Count all the votes. What about a deadline for which these votes must be submitted? Mm -hmm. And this is the thing, and also the disingenuousness of how they have covered the Supreme Court ruling where they said, hey, 
um, put these votes that are coming in late to the side. We can't address this issue right now. I think they could. All you have to do is I've got a little constitution app on my phone. You could just research uh, Article 1, Section 4, and Amy Barrett could have shown up and ruled on it right then. Um, but, you know, this is something that could have been handled uh, easily like that. So count all the votes or count the votes that are in our custody by the closing of the polls. With all these votes being passed out months in advance, all the time to get it there um, in Summit County, you can drop them in a ballot box. There's no excuse to just say, well, it was postmarked by the time of election on November 3rd. We don't care when they get here, as long as they all get here, because why? Count all the votes, count all the votes, count all the votes. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take really quickly and then I'm gonna turn it back to Sherry. So I mean one of the reasons why we're sitting here discussing Nevada at all is that obviously, you know what, Nevada's worth six electoral votes. Joe Biden's at two sixty four. The magic number's two seventy. Mm-hmm. So if if the if the election had played out differently where six electoral votes didn't necessarily swing the election, then it would be a moot point if the state of Nevada's officials couldn't get their act together, right? But of course, right. it, it it just wouldn't be primetime entertainment if it hadn't played out in such a way <laughs> right. where the, the fate of the election may possibly hang in the balance. And these guys are, are sort of holding holding the election cycle hostage by saying, you're on our time now. We'll, we'll, we'll get back to you at our convenience. And so I'm going to turn this back over to Sherry. Sherry, I know one of the things you and I talk about all the time is our, our default position is don't trust these fools. Like these are the people who say there's, right. you know, WMDs in Iraq. Uh, you know, these, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, like, I mean, we could sit here and list laundry lists of abuses and if, if not outright right. barbarism by, by the government, by the state. And so you fast yeah. forward to a moment where so much is happening outside of our purview. We, you know, we can't see and hear and count the votes with our own two hands. And so you're left with no choice then, but to get the reporting from the corporate press of what they're saying is going on mm-hmm. that they're getting from the state. Do, do you kind of, do you, do you kind of feel that, that feeling that I have that is, even if I'm assuming hypothetically, all of this is above board, don't you see how people can interpret this as shady as hell? Yeah, I, that's that's the problem is that they, their their everyday actions are so shady that people are used to it if they're not paying attention. <laughs> they just most people just hear, you know, they choose the source that they like that has the bias that they like and then they go with whatever they say. And so you get into a point where, you know, you hear people making ridiculous uh, you you showed me one earlier, ridiculous claims about what's going on when really the simplest answer probably is that some of these people, you know, just it doesn't make sense to call it when it's so close yet, you know, but there's not this grand conspiracy. But but the, but the fact that they lie to us so much and that they they do so many shady things leads people down the rabbit hole of conspiracy, even when the, it's there's a pretty good explanation for some of this. But I think you know, every year there's a lot of corruption. I think people just accept it. I think that, you know, the the powers that be feel like this is just the way you play the game, honestly. Well, you know, Alan, last night, look at uh, what we were talking about, how quickly they were able to call Virginia for Biden. And I think they were in single digits that had reported. And they were still saying that Florida was being hotly contested 
where it had really been mathematically impossible for Biden to take Florida. I think you said two hours before. Then you have to question, are these networks holding out on calling these states to keep people watching longer? And I, I think one of the reasons we really can't trust them is obviously now their goal is to satisfy their shareholders and generate revenue as opposed to providing um, accurate mm. and uh, accurate and truthful information, which is what you know the news agencies are supposed to do. But they're corporate uh, entities, just like anyone else, out to make a profit. And and two, with the time difference between mm-hmm. sea to shining sea, you can really skew polls. I think that has a lot to do with it too. How they how they talk about what's happening in the state, like Florida, can really affect how people. Out in, you know, if they're calling all these states for Trump or for Biden, that's a lot of people that haven't gone to the polls yet might go, well, you know what, I'm not even going to bother because this is, yeah, it's I've done. worked a long day. It's over. Why would I want to go and right. stand in line mm-hmm. if you're voting in person? I'm tired. Exactly. I've been working all day. Sure. It's already done. Right. So and then the, the, the other problem I see with the way that they speak about things is that it gives people this it's it's like where um they often will put something on the front page that they know is blatantly not true it's it's a headline that's just skewed in some direction and then a couple days or a few weeks later they bury the the reprint you know and the apology or whatever they bury that in the in the paper so people don't see it so there's all this like to to use a phrase fake news out there and people believe what they're told and so these these sides get polarized to what they think happened and and then the, the truth kind of has to be shaken out. And that's what you see people fighting over is the stuff that they've read or heard on their talking head network. And then the actual facts that other people have had to dig out and like try, mm. try to put forth. It's it creates more chaos and more fear. And, and I think that's a big part of whether it's by design or not. I mean, I think it is, but it's certainly not helpful for people. So I'm going to take one last look at the electoral map before we go to the commercial break. Just just kind of for for people who have sort of like tacitly been keeping up with the news, but haven't really been following the results uh, minute by minute. So basically, this is where the election sits. Uh, Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, North Carolina and Georgia had all at one time leaned Trump to varying degrees. Since that time, since today, since since this morning, um, a number a, a number of votes turned up for Wisconsin, and I don't really want to get any more into it than that. And Wisconsin was ultimately called for Joe Biden. Uh, ditto for Michigan. Um, some some more precincts were reported in, and they leaned heavily Democrat. And what was at one point a four or five six point lead for Donald Trump evaporated. Michigan has been officially called for Joe Biden. Now that. It, it definitely affects the race, but basically where we stand right now is Pennsylvania, North Carolina, Georgia, Nevada. In Pennsylvania, North Carolina, and Georgia, all three of those still maintain a slight Trump lead to V's. In each of those states, uh, Joe Biden has caught up in terms of total votes. However, they all are in varying degrees of precincts reporting. Uh, in Georgia, it is a very close race. However... Um, I think, I mean, when I last looked, they were at something like 96 or 97% reporting. So that state's got to be called sooner than that. Then you have North Carolina. It's a very similar situation. A little bit bigger lead for Trump, a little few more percent yet to report. Big one would be Pennsylvania. At one point in time, Donald Trump enjoyed something like a 12-point lead in Pennsylvania. When we went to bed last night, 
Donald Trump yeah. had a had like a 12 point lead in Pennsylvania. And surprise, surprise, he still maintains a lead in Pennsylvania. But I think they still had something like 15 or 20 percent of precincts to report. And that lead has at least been cut in half. Where that leaves us then is simply this. If Donald Trump loses any of those states, he loses the election. If he wins all three of those states in the eastern half of the country, then it will then come down to Nevada. If Biden maintains the lead in Nevada, Biden wins the election. If Trump overtakes him in Nevada, Trump wins the election. But part of me can't wonder out loud if maybe they're purposely dragging their defeat in Nevada in the hopes that Trump loses one of the other three states. If he, if he were to lose Georgia, North Carolina, or Pennsylvania, then it would be a moot point, right? Like the election's over, yeah. um, Biden would win no matter what happens in Nevada. If by some chance Donald Trump does pull through all three of those states, then yes, you will absolutely see, absolutely yeah. see the eyes of the entire nation uh, turning to Nevada to see, because that will ultimately decide the election. So we're going to talk a little bit more about what that means for the system when it comes down to the wire, so to speak. And we're going to talk about a little bit about JoJo over there in the LP, Joe Jorgensen. When we come back from this commercial break, don't go away. If you're enjoying tonight's show, consider supporting the program by becoming a member of our Patreon. That's over at patreon.com slash Alan Mosley. Guys, welcome back to It's Too Late. I'm your host, Alan Mosley, joined this evening by my good friends, Sherry Voluntary and Suzanne Sherman. Wanted to mention really quick before we get carried away into some of the silver lining and the good news of some of the results from yesterday evening. Uh, yikes. <laughs> yikes for the Libertarian Party. As we all know, the Libertarian Party, in order to really make any headway in national politics... They must reach a total popular vote of 5%. Sherry's got it. They're always going for 5%. Now, look, I'm, I certainly don't endorse the system. I don't really endorse anyone voting for anybody. That's, that's what being an anarchist is all about. With that said, I understand the system is obviously not fair, and the fact that you're having to jump through hoops at all is difficult. But that's the system we do, we, hard quotations, have, and a third party needs to reach 5%. That's the goal. Gary Johnson and Bill Weld, <laughs> back in 2016, got 3.27% of the vote. And, and I think you'll remember yours truly, and I know you guys as well, said they're going to try to spin that as a victory. Hey, look, you guys, look how many votes we got total, like just, just sheer number of total popular votes. But that's, yeah. that's such a cop-out. The goal was 5%, and you sold your soul to the devils to have a couple of ex-Republican and Democrat governors on your on your quote-unquote third-party ticket, and they only got 3.27%. Right. Yours truly also said, you know what? I bet Joe doesn't even do half as good as that. I bet she doesn't even do half as good as that, and then I bet the LP will work overtime to try to spin that as somehow being a victory. Sherry, I was wrong. 
She didn't even just do <laughs> half as good as that. She only got about a third of a percent. 1.1% yeah. of the popular yeah. vote compared to Gary's 3.27. Sherry, <laughs> as someone who is a little pretty, bit more familiar sad. with LP circles, um, are are they the big mad? <laughs> Well, since I don't exist anymore on Facebook, I'm not sure. You know, I, I've seen a lot of people just kind of be like, well, yeah, there, there it is. There, there you, you are it. then. Like, yeah, I don't, I haven't really seen a lot. I've, I've not been on very much, but I haven't seen too many people all that mad about it. Now I'm sure there's some of the hardcore, the Jojo people who every time, you know, you post it on Facebook or something about, you know, voting is violence and it's stupid, but not for Jojo, right? Like, no, no, even for her guy. like even for her, <laughs> you know, it's, it's just, it's, it's sad to see because there are a lot of really bright and talented people in the LP and they work really hard. I'm not going to say they don't. Um, but the, the battle is just so uphill and it's so off the libertarian message. Like it would be, it would be so much better. I don't, I don't know if you want to go into that, but it's, it just seems like, you know, if you really believe you can change it from the inside, then you should do it through one of the duopoly parties uh, because they make it so difficult for any third party, you know, candidate. If you're going to go that route, I mean, or you could be libertarian and not. So, well, I, I you know, my, my biggest criticism, I mean, I have a lot, but I, my biggest criticism was specifically going into what I kind of felt was going to be the result, the unfortunate results for the LP is a, a honest organization having suffered such a catastrophic evening as they had, because I'm, I'm sorry, 1.1% is a joke. It's a joke. Pretty bad. Um, an an honest backwards. organization would, would take some time to self-reflect, would, would consider, ha have we misstepped? Have we, have we left some people behind? Did we, did we do things the right way? Or were, were we, were we a bit too concerned with building coalitions that we lost you know, like, uh, you know, as they say, speaking to the choir, well, sometimes you got to speak to the choir. Sometimes you got to remind mm -hmm. people that you're on message. Right. And I feel like we both agree that they've they've really struck out there. Um, and but my fear Absolutely. and one of the many reasons why I disagree with the LP is, is I don't think any of that's going to happen. I, th I think that they're going to say, well, it's just America's just too racist or they didn't want a woman. That must be it. Of course, it can't it can't <laughs> be any of their own messaging. Concerns. With right. all with that said. And Suzanne, whether you're a whether you're a Bidenite or a Trumper or none of the above, there was a little bit of silver lining from some of the polls yesterday. Yeah. So, so there, what's the good really news? Was. <clears throat> the good news is, and this again, going back to Joe, I don't think you're going to find any national solutions if you're trying to seek out uh, a scratch and claw for a little bit of liberty. But there's uh, something that happened in Portland, Maine, yesterday. So again, uh, try and look to the states first and then also in your own local governments. Uh, voters in Portland, Maine yesterday approved a message, a measure, I should say, to ban government use of facial recognition technology in the city. And this was a question B. It was passed by 65% to 35% margin. And under this law, and by the way, I got to credit Mike Meharry for writing this in another article we're going to refer to about marijuana. And uh, he says, under the law, no city official or employee shall obtain, retain, access, or use any facial recognition technology or information provided 
uh, by any facial recognition technology here. So the council passed a similar measure in August, but it didn't have any enforcement mechanism. This is what's really interesting. Under this law, any person who can prove that they were surveilled in violation of this law can collect a $1,000 minimum in civil fees. And the ordinance also includes a process for suspending or terminating a city employee who violates this law. Goodbye, qualified immunity. I absolutely love this. So there are other ban- other cities too who have worked against uh, facial recognition. Uh, Berkeley, California, I think Oakland, San Francisco. Now the conservatives go, oh, that's all, all the libtard you know, cities. But you know, freedom is what freedom is. I don't care if you don't like who's governing these cities. This is really good. And what's important is this has an impact on federal programs. So there was a report that he cites in here that the federal government has turned state driver's license photos into a giant fake uh, facial recognition database. And this puts everybody under virtually every driver in America under perpetual police lineup. But the article here is, um, again, it's under the 10th Amendment Center. Mike Meharry wrote it. And it's it really shows that by states and, and municipalities prohibiting this type of technology, this really throws a wrench in this na- nationwide government surveillance program where we're all pretty much into, under a perpetual police lineup. So I, I think there's some good news. It just didn't happen from Washington, D.C. You know, this is going to be contested. I have some other you know, issues with that as well from, uh, you know, preparedness standpoint. But I, I thought this was a great news. And uh, it also uh, throws a wrench into the work against these these fusion centers, which operate against this um, ISE. What do they call those? Um, uh, I forgot what they're called, what that's an acronym for. But it's just another word for the, the feds all using the tech industry, driver's licenses to recognize us, even on police department cameras. So now where a police officer might not have to ask for your identification, your driver's license, just by interacting with you, they're going to know who you are. Don't like that. So I, I'm really positive about this development, and I hope we see more of this. That is good news. Uh, Andrew Avery says it's because he moved. He just moved to Portland, Maine. So, Andrew, thank Thank you you. for your service. Andrew has single-handedly defeated the drug war. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, as as a non-voter, that's one good thing I see in, in local voting anyways in that way is that you can at least send that message. Like the federal government might come in and roll you over the way things are right now. But at least people are getting a, being able to say, we're going to assert our, our right to not be infringed a, li- you know, a little bit. At least we're saying we don't like this. That's, that's really great. It, is, it sends a, a message maybe to other people who are kind of you know, on the fence about what, how much security versus how much liberty they should have. We're, you know, I, I want to say something, too, about voting. There are times when if you do decide to vote, you are not imposing your will upon somebody else. If you are saying, I don't think the government should come down on you for behavior that hurts no one. So in the state of Utah, we have uh, just come up with um, Prop 2, which is medicinal marijuana. But other than that, the uh, state and law enforcement of Utah is very, very much participating in the war against uh, a plant, which is ridiculous. 
So we did have a candidate. Say what you want about the Libertarian Party, but we did have a Libertarian who is against the war on drugs running for our state attorney general. Snowball's hell and chance of winning. The person did not, as well as a Libertarian governor. So do I know that that vote is going to have an impact in the count? No, but I'm sending a message to the government of Utah. You know what? People that are sick and tired of this drug war are going to let you know. And that's one way of doing it. It's not saying, I want I want money from somebody else's pocket to mm -hmm. pay for a program of mine. But I am saying, I want you to leave people the hell alone. We, we're, we're, we're like so far over time, it's ridiculous. I, I personally <laughs> blame, are you guys on board with bl blaming Blake? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. As long as we're all and on board goats. with blaming Blake, we're going to take our final commercial break. And when we come back, I actually have a little update from Clay Davis. But don't go away. We'll be right back. our Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash TV. You can follow me on Twitter. It's twitter.com at TV. Subscribe to our YouTube page. It's youtube.com slash TV. So, Suzanne, ISE, according to Clay Davis, is Information Sharing Environment, which, what better way to describe nice. this program than nice. an Information Sharing Environment? <laughs> Sherry, you could have at least muted your laughter. <laughs> so, um, we're, we're about four minutes over, so show's ruined, but other than that, I think, it, I think it's pretty good. Well, Alan, Suzanne, there is just a little bit more uh, freedom that came about. I'm going to just run through this really okay. quick. Uh, Mike Meharry did another article, 36 and counting. God, I wish that was my age. 36 and counting, more states legalize marijuana despite federal prohibition. I'd encourage people to also, if you go to SuzanneCSherman.com, there's an article I wrote for the 10th Amendment Center called Parchment and Plants, what the alcohol prohibition can teach us about the drug wars. But apparently, uh, Virginia last month had legalized marijuana. 
Also, Mississippi and South Dakota became the 35th and 36th states to legalize marijuana. Also coming up, Arizona legalized it for 21 years and up. Montana, New Jersey, in the works. New Hampshire and New York. Cuomo sees it as a way to generate revenue. And as we all know, the reason they're going along with this is to generate revenue. The point being the Controlled Substances Act, federal law, criminalizes the use, growth, distribution of this plant. So now we've got 36 states who thumb their nose at the feds. The feds simply cannot enforce this. So again, rather than seeking decriminalization or of my, my, my choice as opposed to legalization because then they set up bureaucracies and you know taxes and, and revenue generating uh, schemes. But rather than seeking that kind of redress at the federal level, nullification is just a great remedy to ignore the feds. And I, I think we're going to see a lot more of this, you know, depending on what happens with this Biden, or I should say Harris, upcoming Harris administration. Another thing the, uh, states start needing to think about is secession. Do these states who have been bamboozled now because of election frauds really want to be ruled by Kamala Harris? No, I don't think anyone. I, I don't think the Democrats want to be ruled by Kamala Harris. That's why they. That's why they didn't vote for her in the primaries. Uh, Sherry, I'm sorry. Suzanne just took almost the entire finale, so we have to almost go to the credit. Sherry, where can people follow Sherry Voluntary when you are done being banned? Uh, on Facebook at Sherry Voluntary, on Twitter at Sherry Voluntary, just about anywhere at Sherry Voluntary. At Sherry Voluntary and Suzanne C. Sherman. Uh, for the Wasatch Report and Political Threat Podcast, Red Hot Chili Prepper articles, all that good stuff. Guys, thank you so much, and we will see you next week.